Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? On today's episode of the Encore podcast, I am delighted to introduce everyone to my friend, Trish Krause. Trish is 65 and thriving and beautiful. She actually just shared with me her age and I'm a little shocked. I thought she was younger. Her energy and her smile and her vibrancy and everything about her exudes energy. So I love that. And I'm really excited to share with you her story today. She is the owner and transformation mentor at Bite Out of Life Wellness based out of Kingston, but she does support people virtually and across North America. And I'm going to ask her to share with us her story today about who Trish was in her earlier years. Typically, we're focusing on kind of prior to 50, all the highlights and lowlights of her life and her story that she's comfortable to share, as well as the moment of truth, if there was one. That typically also happens around the age of 50 when we look at the first half of our life and start to contemplate what we want the second half of our life to look like and who she is and who she's still continuing to strive to be as she moves into her next chapter and continues to grow her business and her personal endeavors. And welcome, Trish. I'm delighted to have you here today. Sherry, thank you so much, and I have to tell you, it is not only a thrill to be here, but um, it feels amazing to be open and honest about my age. It has been, I wouldn't say a secret, but I would say I've been reluctant for the last while to actually admit where I am in my 60s. And it's not vanity, but I sometimes can't believe I actually got here. Right. And I can't believe that, you know, where did the time fly? But I don't feel 65, or at least what I perceive a 65-year-old should feel like or would feel like. Right. And in a lot of cases, that's a really great thing. So, you know, happy to try and share my story anyways. That is absolutely so true. And age really is just a mindset. And it is all about how you feel and how you act and how you present and just what makes you feel good in your own skin. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it is funny when you uh, think about women as we were growing up and when they hit a certain age, our perception of them. I mean, my grandmother was a very important person in my life. She actually raised me when I was a little girl between the ages of like two and five. I stayed with her during the week while my parents worked. And so she really raised me. And when I think back on it, Sherry, she was 41 years old when she was my grandma. Wow. When I was born. And so she was 41. And yet, when I look back at pictures of her and, you know, the things that went on, it felt like she was older and she was a grandma, but she was only 41 and she had like the same kind of life as a 41 year old would have. So really I do see that age is just a number now and it's 
it's silly to feel uncomfortable about it because honestly, the last 15 years of my life is way better than the 15 years previous oh, to that. Oh, preach, sister. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, I did take some steps to make sure that these last 15 years were better and that the next 15 years were going to be Great. even better. But I didn't treat myself very well in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. I really did not. I was a hard-driving <laughs> type A personality working in the corporate world. I started my life as a journalist and moved into senior marketing and communications positions and didn't take care of myself and didn't have the self-confidence to know that from the exterior, that's not where you needed to make changes. So I was constantly on a diet because I struggled with my weight all my life. I was constantly trying to change my hair. I was constantly buying new clothes. I was constantly looking at that exterior right. instead of the interior. And really, I had to heal that interior before I could be who I am today. That is so beautiful. I think as the listeners and you will have heard, what you see of me today is even a mask, which is compensating for childhood ghosts mm -hmm. that were mm -hmm. insecure and lacking and whatnot. So I am always well put together. And I don't mean that in a boastful way because it's a mask. Mm -hmm. I have to look this put together because someone in the world might not see then that I'm not perfect or they mm -hmm. might see I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. That perfectionism thing, it, it does come deep down for yeah. sure. And, you know, I grew up in a house. I never doubted that my parents loved me, but I never really realized the extent of their own childhood trauma and how it carried through when they tried to start parenting me. Right. So my mom um, struggled with alcoholism and was an alcoholic for many years and a drug addict. Oh boy. And uh, I was kind of the grown-up in the family for a long, long time. Now, fortunately, she went into recovery finally in my 20s and became a wonderful person and a, and a mentor to many, many other women coming through uh, recovery. And so she lived that life and I'm thrilled that she was able to get her life back and be more of a mother figure to my younger sister and of course a wonderful grandmother to my sister's children. Can we, can I interject there yeah. because I don't want to lose this. Can you share with the listeners what your mom did? Yes. If it's okay, just of before course. the end, because yeah, I'm so proud so, of this and I love it. Yeah, and we, we're really proud of her too. And as I said, she was able to get back the last third of her life kind of thing and really thrive. And she always had a creative streak in her, which I am proud that, you know, it rubbed off on me a little right. bit. And I believe that's where my creativity comes from too, is that she always encouraged it, even when she was in the depths of her own addiction. And she wrote children's stories. Right. And she wrote them for my sister and I to teach us little lessons and for my sister's kids. And her fondest wish was always to be a published author. And when she was 87, I was able to finally find a publisher that would take her on. And oh she goodness. published two of her children's books. Oh my goodness. Um, I remember she, celebrating that. Yeah, it was a moment of great pride for her and great pride for us as a family that we were able to share this. She had a real spark about her for sure. Yeah. And yeah, so we have this legacy from her of right. all these unpublished stories, but these two published books. And to me, Sherry, that really underlined for me 
that it's never too late. It's never too late to have a renaissance, to reinvention, and to do the thing that your heart desires. And for me, that gave me the extra spark to carry on. And I do think that it was when I was then able to feel comfortable saying, you know what, I'm a senior citizen too, and I'm in my 60s, and you know what, I think the best is still yet to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love, thank you for sharing your mom's story. I know that was a little bit of a segue, but I know it's beautiful and I want her to be remembered and celebrated. We're both a little teary talking about it. So we'll move forward back to the Trish story. But I wanted to honor that for you because I know how special and important that was. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we're thrilled to have it out in the world for sure. And, you know, for all the challenges I had with my mom... I am able to look at her as somewhat of a role model. And as I mentioned, it really is about reinvention. She did reinvent herself multiple times. And now when I work with my clients, and most of my clients are women and some men over the age of 50, and they sometimes come to me feeling lost, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, They feel lost somehow. They feel like, I don't know who I am anymore. I'm feeling invisible. I can't seem to get myself back on track. I just don't know where to go. I have lived experience in that. And so I think that I have great compassion to try and help them move forward. And my whole goal is to motivate them that it's not the end, kiddo. Like, you know, it's barely the beginning. That's the point of this. A hundred percent. Right? You know, I've seen you over the years that we've known each other make a 360-degree turn. And to not only do that, but to show other women, other people, other professionals that it can happen. And to me, that is amazing. Every day you do something different, and I'm like, (laughs) wow, what would Sherry do? This is great. And so to have this podcast, like, it's just one more step in your evolution and the evolution of all of us that you're touching. Thank you. So you were talking about corporate life Mm -hmm. and corporate career, and that's a lot of our story, mine Mm -hmm. included. When did that change from corporate Trish to entrepreneur Trish? Mm -hmm. Was there a moment or a pivot or a bounce (laughs) when you reevaluated and realized this just isn't who I want to be anymore? Can you share a bit with us about that? Yeah, I know the moment very vividly. I suspect that there were a lot of mini moments before that that I didn't want to listen to because honestly, I didn't know who I was going to be if I wasn't corporate Trish. I feel you. You know, I was who I was on my business card. And as a senior vice president, I felt pretty important. But I was 49 years old and I was coming back from Vancouver after a really hard business trip. And I had to get back the next day because it was my birthday, my 49th birthday. And I came back on the red eye and it was a horrible flight. And I had had a horrible business trip and I was miserable and overweight and I was an insomniac. And I just felt defeated when I got off the plane and I came home to nap for a few hours before I was going to go into the office again. And I fell asleep with the TV on and I kind of woke up and there was a woman on television talking about changing her life through running. And she was Dr. Jean Memorial oh. and she ran Jean's Marines, which was a women's running group, particularly for women over the age of 50. And she was talking about how 
running marathons and getting in this women's group was empowering. And I said to myself, I'm going to join that group and I'm going to run. I had never run in my life. I hated phys ed. I was like 55 pounds overweight. And I said, I'm going to do this. And this was in November, and she started the next training in January. So I talked a friend of mine into going with me to her first meeting. And my friend dropped out right after, and she's like, yeah, I'm out. Right. But I felt like I couldn't not go. And that was the start of saving my life. Good for you. And so it wasn't good. just the running, although that really helped. It was knowing that there was a bunch of women over the age of 50 who were all committed to being better. Right. And that's what started my journey to, I got to let go of this corporate life. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to let go of it. And so I quit my job not even four months later. Wow, good for you. And didn't know what to do. I thought I was just going to take a few months off. And all of a sudden, people kept saying to me, oh, could you do this project? Oh, I hear you're doing work on your own. Oh, I hear you've started your own company. And I'm like, no, not really. I'm an accidental entrepreneur, but sure, <laughs> I'll take these projects on. I love that. And so that's how my life in entrepreneurial work did. I was still working in the area of communications and business strategy, but I knew I had to get healthy and I loved food and I loved the idea of health and a lot of my clients were in all of that. And so I went back to school at the age of 52 wow. to become a certified holistic nutritionist. Good for you. That's so beautiful. That was the next pivot. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So good. Yeah. When you think about who you were mm -hmm. and who you are today and future Trish, yeah. what does the vision of future Trish look like and... Does she have a name or an identity? I know that I share all the time that my future Sherry is Daisy mm -hmm. and all the great reasons for that. If you don't have another name or a future identity, that's great because most people are actually quite comfortable in their current skin and who they've become, especially as they've approached our ages. But what does future Trish look like? And when you're making your decisions to serve future Trish, how do you put that thought process together? Yeah, what I would say is um, I've never been really good at forward planning okay. for a lot of reasons. I think it comes from childhood, and there were way too many surprises on a daily basis that yeah. I could never count on what was going to happen a year from now. I could barely figure out, well, how am I going to handle the stuff raining down on me in the next right. week? So I've never been a long-term planner, and I'm still not a long-term planner. But what I do know is every day my mantra when I get up is I'm going to try to be as good as I was yesterday. And if I had a bad day yesterday, and by bad I mean that I acted in a way that doesn't serve me or that I feel like my clients didn't get the best of me, then today I'm going to work on being a little bit better. That's great. But better is not about, for me now, it's not about achieving more it's really about being in the moment and being in the present because I used to look forward all the time and look at the catastrophe that was going to come along my grandma used to say and my grandma's name was Elsie so my sister and I always talk about the Elsieisms and she used to say don't borrow trouble because I was a little girl and I used to always think about oh but what what happens if this happens and I was anxious all the time 
So my mantra is all about don't borrow trouble, but you can trade on kindness and trade on service every day. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that is definitely beautiful. I've heard that as well. Don't borrow trouble from the future, Mm -hmm. which is essentially worry. Yep. I love embracing the now when you said that because I feel like myself and a lot of people have always had a really goal mentality which ended with then I'll be happy. Mm. So when I get my next promotion, I'll be happy. Yep. And when I buy my new car, I'll be happy. And when I and get when the next lose house. 20 pounds, you'll be happy. Right. And sadly, what if tomorrow never comes yep. and you didn't enjoy today? or give yourself the gift of happiness today. Yeah. So I love that philosophy. That's great. Yeah. And also I think, you know, if we put off the reward until later, what that tells me and and the way I feel then is that I'm not good enough today to feel rewarded. Right. Today. And it's that whole concept of I'm enough. Right. And it, we are enough. It, we're perfectly imperfect, exactly how we are, and we're enough. And women tend to be much harder on themselves than men when it comes to feeling good about where we are today and feeling like, hey, it all worked out today, let's just carry on. Um, they don't usually carry their baggage along with them the way we do. Mm-hmm. But if we can only focus on the fact that enough is enough, like right. then you don't have to measure yourself against future goals. Right. Your present goal is enough. Right. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I like that a lot, actually. Enough that I think that's great. I, I actually don't know what else to ask you because you put that so eloquently. So I know you are an expert in communications and you do put things very succinctly and eloquently. So I appreciate that. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share? Things that parting are important? Comments, yeah, parting thoughts old, or words of wisdom. On the old TV shows, right? Any parting what comments? What would you tell childhood Trish for any advice or wisdom? You know, I would like to gather her in my arms and say, you're okay. Yeah. I don't want to leave the impression that my childhood was hideous because it was not. Right. It was challenging. Yeah. And I would never want folks to have to go through family turmoil like that. Um, But I do think it gave me also a resilience that I may not have picked up anywhere else. And that resilience has gotten me to where I am today and happily so. I'm happy to be resilient. I'm glad I can bounce back. I feel great about all of that. And I think that will serve me well going forward. I can see the idea that never say never. Yeah. And then it's never too late. My mom did it and many other people that I work with did it. And I feel confident that I'll do it too. So what the future holds, who the hell knows? (laughs) Well, that's true. We've all learned that. But I don't fear it. I don't fear it. That's good. I love that. Absolutely. Being willing to live in confidence in your own abilities to rebound with whatever life brings you. 100%. And it's, you know, I always hear from my clients and hear from people out there when you say to them, how are you doing today? And they say, oh, I'm fine. And it's like, are you really fine? Right. Wouldn't it be great if you could be better than fine? And that's what I strive for, is to help my clients, however, to move from fine to better than fine. And that's really my own philosophy. I'm fine. 
but I want to be better than fine. So what can I do next to get there? Right. And I agree. And that's a perfect segue, actually, because as I have shared in all of my stories, I'm great. Sherry Doherty is awesome and I'm proud of her. I'm trying to be better than fine and better than that. So I'm doing it for Daisy. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to thank you for all your time today and sharing your story so candidly. It's been a pleasure. You know that I cherish our friendship and our professional collaborations. And I wish you all the best. I will be cheering you on in whatever life's next journey takes you on. That's so kind of you, Sherry. I appreciate the opportunity to chat anytime. And you know what? I think we should do bumper stickers that say, doing it for Daisy. I agree. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.